Bibles, if you would, to Book of Daniel, chapter three. Book of Daniel, chapter three. Um, several uh, several weeks ago, in fact, it was back in the months of uh, month of July. We had started a series about uh, being authentic, taking our faith beyond words to action. Uh, and tonight, we're going to continue that series uh, uh, based upon the, the Book of Daniel. Uh, chapter 3, uh, I believe the world is looking for Christians who are real uh, in their Christian life. They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for people who are genuine in their Christian faith. The only way we're going to make a difference in this world is, is for to be a people who are serious about their Christian walk. Uh, not perfect, but people who are sold out to God. And uh, we'll never be perfect, but people should be able to see that we love the Lord and we want to obey the Lord and we want to please the Lord, to walk with Him, to be authentic. People should see that. Uh, they, they see the reality of, the, of our faith. It's not just our words, it's our actions as well. Um, this is a, the challenge for us today to be authentic believers. Uh, we talked about the battles that we have in our heart when we uh, uh, put our faith into action. There, there was the battle of fear that we talked about uh, some time back. Will you take a stand? Will you take a stand? There was also the battle of comfort. Uh, will you step out of your comfort zone? Uh, then there was a the battle of apathy. Will you get involved? Uh, not sit on the sidelines to get in the game, to make a difference. Uh, we looked at some characters in the Bible. Uh, we looked at Luke chapter 10, talked about the Good Samaritan. Uh, we, we talked about how he made a difference. Uh, we looked at also at Daniel chapter 1, where Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And, and then we looked also at Daniel chapter 6, where Daniel was in the lion's den. Daniel went from a teenager to an 80-year-old man. But he never compromised his faith. He, he never uh, changed. He was the same all of his life. He stood for God. Today we're going to look at Daniel chapter 3. And I've entitled this, Tested by Fire. Tested by Fire. Our faith may someday be tried by fire. Um, uh, now in this chapter 3... Uh, we will literally see a faith that was tested by fire. This story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, in chapter 1, we see they made the same commitment that Daniel made when he didn't uh, want to defile himself with meat offered to idols. And we don't know where Daniel was And chapter 3 comes along and he's not mentioned. He, he may have been in some area of the kingdom. He, he may have been doing the king's business somewhere else. We don't know. In chapter 2, we see Daniel revealing the meaning of one of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. Uh, and, and in verse number 47 of chapter 2, the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. Seeing thou couldest reveal this secret. He, uh, he recognized that da Daniel's God was able to reveal the secrets of his dreams. Um, it seemed that there was a change in Nebuchadnezzar, uh, but there, there really wasn't. Uh, the dream talked about uh, the Gentile world powers. And uh, beginning with, the, the, with Babylon, there was a statue, an image. 
And uh, the head was made out of gold, and that was representative of, uh, of the, the Babylonian Empire. And, and in each part of that vision that Nebuchadnezzar had uh, was a vision of future powers that would rule the world. Um, I think maybe Nebuchadnezzar got the idea that he wanted the entire monument of gold, believing his kingdom would be uh, the only kingdom. Um, according to the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the, of the Hebrew Old Testament, uh, chapters 2 and chapters 3 was separated by about 16 years. So from the time that, that, that Daniel dealt with uh, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar at the time we get to chapter 3, 16 years has passed. And, and the king must have forgotten uh, about his experience with the godly man and the interpretation of the dream. He must, uh, he had, he had gotten, gotten used, he got complacent, he forgot about the God of Daniel, and he, he built this, this uh, uh, monument, this, this, this statue, as we're going to read about in chapter 3. That chapter 3 is a long chapter, but in order to get the full meeting, I'm going to read the entire chapter. I won't make you stand this evening. Uh, amen. Thank you very much, Brother Steve. Uh, uh, and and uh, uh, but uh, I'll give you a break tonight. Uh, but uh, uh, and, and but let's follow along as we read chapter three of the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits. That, that that's about uh, uh, ninety feet high. 90 feet high, and, and it, the, it, the breadth of it was six cubits, about nine feet wide. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Now, Dura uh, was about six miles south of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then Herod cried out, To you it be is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music. All the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, uh, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. 
And whosoever, and whoso falleth not down at worship, that he should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready, that at, that, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, and all the musical instruments, ye fall down. Brother Dink, don't get on to me because I skipped a word. <laughs> you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you, if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of burning fiery furnace. And, and, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his vis visage uh, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake, and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the, of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree 
that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. What an amazing story. I know it's probably been a while since you've read that story, and maybe you think you saw some, some parts of that story that you, you didn't know was there. I hope that you learn a little bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stories like that in the Bible, if you'll just read them from time to time. Read your Bible, folks. It's, it's a very interesting book, and they have some wonderful stories. This story is true. Uh, these three men, uh, they were not playing games. They put their lives in the hands of God. They, they, many of us talk about our faith, but these guys put their lives on the line uh, in their faith. They took their faith beyond words to action. We, we may not ever face being put in a fiery furnace, but Christianity is increasingly being challenged by the world. It is going to get harder to live out our Christian life as the Lord's return gets closer. We're going to talk today about some basic principles of authentic Christians. Five things we see true in this passage before us today. Five things we're going to look at, some principles about authentic Christianity. Authentic people, first of all, authentic people know that they are going to be tested. Uh, Christians that are authentic understand that their moral code and the world's moral code is not in sync. Uh, there, is a, there was an image that was set up to worship. Why, why was this done? Why, why was this done? It was an attempt to make the king deity. It was, a, it was an attempt to make the king a god. It was also to glorify a man. Uh, it was an attempt to unify religions. It, it, it was, it was, and you know, and this is still happening today. An attempt to unify religions. Uh, they are saying what we need to do with all the religions is to join together. The Bible says during the time of the Antichrist, there will be one world religion. That day is coming. Have you ever heard of the ecumenical movement? Let's all join hands. Let's sing Kumbaya. Forget about what you believe. Forget about your doctrine. Uh, forget about what the Bible says. Well, they wanted everyone to bow down and worship this image of gold. All the government officials were gathered for the dedication of this image. They, they were told to bow or to burn. To bow or to burn. Except for these three, the Bible says in verse number seven, all the people, the nations and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. I wonder what you and I would have done in this situation. Uh, would you bow or would you stood? What, what would you have done? These guys were probably in their 30s at this point. Uh, keep in mind, uh, these three were the only ones who stood. They were not the only Israelites that were there. There was a mass of Israelite people who were there as well. But only these three refused to bow. They were probably in their 30s by this point, and everyone around them are bowing, and they are standing. Uh, do, do we have that kind of faith? Remember, these were not the only Israelites that were there. How often do we go along with the majority and say, uh, well, everyone else is doing it? 
How often does that happen? It, it, is, it is how we determine, uh, is, is that how we determine if we are going to be a participant or not? Uh, what is everyone else doing? These guys are consistent in their Christian walk. As parents, one of the worst things that you can do in raising your children is not being consistent in your life. Uh, they see through it. They see the hypocrisy in, in, in our living. Uh, and when they get to the point where they start to make their own decisions about whether they're going to serve your God or not, if you have not been consistent, they're going to say, uh, I, I don't want to take part in that hypocrisy. I want something that's real. Uh, it's important to live consistent life. It's critical in parenting. Uh, we need to be prepared for difficult days ahead when we must choose uh, our faith and, uh, and our comfort. Um, between our, our faith and our comfort. Our schools are not very friendly to biblical teachings. Uh, they're, they, they say that they have taken prayer out of school, but they only succeed if our kids don't pray while at school. Uh, you, know, you know, kids can pray. They can pray before they eat. They can pray for friends that are going uh, through a bad, going a bad direction. They can, they can pray for themselves if they find good friends that will support the Christian values. They can pray. Uh, they don't have the public prayers as they used to have. Uh, but they only take prayer out of school if the kids that are in school don't pray. Uh, uh, they, can't, they can't legislate that out. Um, uh, when I was in high school, I, was at, I had asked to be removed from a world history class. I, I remember I was thinking it was about ninth grade and I was taking world history. And, and they tried to teach me that, uh, that uh, we had evolved from monkeys. And, um, uh, you know, they had the pictures of the ape and how the different, different phases of life it became more upright and erect. And, and finally, it, it looked like a human being that walked away. And I, I, I said, I don't believe that stuff. And I went to the office and I asked to get out of, out of the class and be put into some other class. And they asked me why, and I told them. Uh, I went back to the teacher and she questioned me. She saw me in the hallway and, and she says, why do you want to get out of the class? I said, because I don't believe a man becoming from, from, from monkey. I don't believe that. And I don't want to listen to it. And, and she told me something that really, really stuck in my mind. Ninth grade, it's been a long time ago, but I still remember it. She told me that she was a daughter of a Southern Baptist preacher and that she had never had anyone say that before and get out of her class because of that. Uh, you know, and I can, that's a long time ago. I graduated from high school in 1980. That's a long time ago. I can just imagine what it's like today. Uh, you know, people conform instead of standing up for what's right. Uh, that's what people do. First Peter 1, uh, 1 by, uh, Peter talks about it. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers, and this word literally means refugees. It's a word we're more familiar with. They were scattered, and that's also a word called uh, diaspora, which means dispersed or scattered uh, throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, uh, Asia. They were refugees that were scattered because of their belief. Uh, Peter is writing to refugees who have been scattered, literally running for their lives for their faith. In the first century, people knew and understood that their faith 
uh, will probably be the cause of their death. Uh, what are we going to die from? Well, most of us think we're going to die of cancer or from Alzheimer's or heart attack and other things that's going to get us. We don't know. But most Christians in the first century, they figured they were going to die a martyr for their faith. I wonder how many we would have here if that was the main thinking in our services, in our, in our Christian life. How many that we would, that were people would stick it, stick it out. First Peter 1, 6-7 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or various trials. We're talking about authenticity here. Uh, that the trial uh, of your faith, the trustworthiness and the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, here, here is where we found the title of the sermon today. Though it be tried with fire, gold is tested with fire and their faith is tested with fire. These guys' faith were literally tested with fire. Uh, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Uh, what kind of testing do we face today in our Christian life? Well, today we worry about cancer, Alzheimer's, and a heart attack getting us Back in the first century, they worried about being fed to wild animals. Crucifixion. Being stoned to death. Authentic uh, people uh, understand the consequences. The second thing I want us to say is authentic people choose to obey God. Authentic people choose to obey God. Even in the fire, even in the difficulties, they choose to obey God. Um, these three young men did this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They chose to obey God. Not when it was easy. Sometimes it's not easy to obey God. Sometimes it is. There are going to be times when obeying God is going to be hard. Today's world is trying to get everyone to believe, pay attention now, that homosexual people are born that way. Okay? Uh, they can't help it. It, but that's not true. Everyone has a choice about who they're going to love. Everyone has a choice in that. The pressure is that we must accept them as they are because they can't help themselves. They can't help the way they are. Listen, if you don't accept their sin, you are labeled a homophobe. Now, I looked up that word. I've heard it a lot. I looked it up. It's a person who hates or is afraid of homosexual or treats them badly. Listen, nowhere in Scripture are we told to hate anybody. There is no reason to be afraid of them, and you shouldn't treat anyone badly. Okay? Uh, this goes against everything in the Bible. Uh, their lifestyle is sin, just like choosing to have an adulterous relationship. How do you treat people in those situations? It's still sexual sin. The world wants us to make it difficult to stand for truth. These men were an example for us to be courageous in an ungodly world. These young men would have been violating the first two commandments if they had bowed. If we turn to the book of Exodus chapter 20 verses 3 and 5. It says, uh, um, by the way, these, these, are, these are not ten suggestions. <laughs> They're ten commandments. Okay? Uh, in Exodus 23, it says, Thou shalt not have, thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. They knew what the Bible had to say about sin. And their authenticity was real here. They had convictions based on the word of God and they didn't budge and compromise in their beliefs. If you don't stand for something, folks, you'll fall for anything. You must have convictions. You must have something that you stand in. Um, uh, they had to choose between obeying the law of man and obeying the law of God. Well, I hope we don't have to make that decision. But if the time comes, I hope you make the right decision. That you obey the, the laws of, of God rather than the laws of man. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Authentic people make a choice, and that choice is to obey God. The third principle I want us to see is authentic people leave the consequences of their obedience to God. We see that in verses 13 through 18. This is a difficult one. Listen, if I, if I obey God, there may be some consequences. Uh, there, there were some consequences here in this story. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is angry, he's mad, he's displeased with his, his, the people he has put in authority. Uh, and, and they didn't have to think about this. They made up their mind before they ever showed up. Verses 17 and 18 of our text, it says, If it be so, notice, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. That was where their faith was. The God whom they serve is able to deliver us from burning from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand O king that's faith but, but there's more faith in verse number 18 uh, it says but if not be it known unto thee O king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up these guys were prepared to die for their faith they were prepared to die for the faith I wonder if we could have uh, have that kind of faith I wonder if we could have that kind of faith. It's great faith to say that God will deliver us, but it's greater faith to say if God does not save us, we will be faithful to Him no matter what. Amen. That's where these men were. Amen. That's where they were. This verse says, if not. I wonder if we're ready for the if nots of life. If nots of life. If you get sick and you pray for healing and you want it to happen and so that you can return to your house, but it may be that he will heal you by taking you to live in his house. Um, could happen. Authentic people leave the consequences of their obedience to God. In Job chapter 13 and verse 15, the Bible says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Our faith, is, is our faith there? This is serious. To, to be willing to go to the extent of facing death if we obey God rather than man. We love to read this story of uh, victory. Uh, it, it ends well. Uh, you know, but in, the, in the first century, not everyone was delivered from the fiery furnace. Many became martyrs. Many put, uh, died for the cause of Christ. There's a book in my office uh, on the shelf called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's not, a, not an easy book to read. 
I, I read it occasionally. I read it a little bit this week in preparing for this lesson. Just picked out a story. Maybe something that might be new to you. You haven't heard for it. You know, it lists uh, many that gave their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. There was a man named Polycarp. You probably haven't ever heard him before unless you've studied church history. He was a disciple of John, the one who wrote the book of the Revelation. He was a pastor at the church of Smyrna, one of the seven churches of Asia. Hearing that people were looking for him, he escaped and hid, but he was given up by a little child who saw him hiding. The soldiers that arrested him, he, he asked for a time of prayer and they granted it to him, and he prayed with such fervency in his prayer, it caused the guards to wish that they had not arrested him. Boy, if we could pray like that. He was brought to the officials and condemned to be burned in the market. He was urged by the officials to denounce Christ, and he could live. He said, I have served him 86 years, and he has never wronged me. How can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? He was tied to a stake. Usually they nailed you to the stake to keep you from running off and trying to break away. He says, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, they, they tied him to the, to the stake. And, and uh, they, the, the fire uh, that they made under him, it circled around him leaving him untouched by the flames. It wouldn't burn him. Then the executioner saw this happening and he took a sword and pierced him. A large amount of blood that poured from his body began to put out the fire. Well, when he finally bled out, they finally burned his body. Um, that's first, Christian, first century Christianity. In Hebrews chapter 11, we call it the Hall of Faith chapter. It lists all kinds of people and their deeds of faith and how they stood for the Lord. It lists a whole, a whole bunch of people. And down to verse number 36, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, and of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, Isaiah the prophet, tradition says, according uh, that, that he was placed in a hollow log and sawn in two. Verse number 37, the last part says, We're tempted, we're slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. These are people who had faith and left the consequences to God. Doesn't always end like this in chapter, like it did in Daniel chapter 3. Sometimes God delivers from our child trials, and sometimes He delivers us through our trials. Faith is not belief, regardless of the evidence. Faith is commitment in spite of the cost. Listen, I hope we can get to that place in our faith to be uh, make a real commitment. Authentic, the number four, authentic people know that the Lord will always be with them. We find these in verses 19 through 25 of our text. The Lord will not forsake you. Whatever you go through, the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6 says, so, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 
The worst that anyone can do to us is kill us. Then we go to be with the Lord. These three were thrown into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he looked and asked, didn't we throw three men into the fire? Didn't we throw three? Why do I see four men loose, walking around in the fire? They're they're unhurt. Here we have an example uh, uh, that happens many times in the Old Testament. It's a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. Now that's a lot of big words. (laughs) But what that literally means, it is the presence of the Son of God in bodily form in the Old Testament before he was ever born in Bethlehem. And there's several times in the Old Testament where you'll see that. Uh, where Jesus, the body, the Son of God, manifests himself to the Old Testament saints. This is what we see here. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar recognized him. He says, he looks like the Son of God. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? A lost man, pagan, he knew what Jesus looked like. He knew what the Son of God looked like. Interesting. Um, uh, Jesus was there with them in the fire. Jesus is with us when we go through the fire as well. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.16, he's at the end of his life. He's writing the last words that he ever spoke to anyone. And he's, he's talking about his, his time before the judge. He says in, in, in 2 Timothy 4.16, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray that it, that it may not be laid to their charge. Now notice verse number 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And strengthened me. In the midst of his trial, all people had rejected him, but he said the Lord stood with him. He recognized that he, that he uh, that the Lord was always going to be with. He promised to never leave us. God is faithful to go through it with us. Authentic Christians know and understand that whatever we go through, God is with us. Psalm twenty-three, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We experienced a little bit of that this week. We experienced a little bit of that this week. Walking through the valley, the shadow of death. Whatever we go through, we never walk along. Lastly, number five, authentic people understand the impact of a godly life. Verses 26 through 30. This story ends pretty nice. They, they get through it without being harmed. They get promoted. They would not bow. They would not bend. They would not burn. And God blessed them. Uh, that just summarized the whole chapter, 13, uh, chapter 3 of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges their God in verse number 29. Therefore, I make a decree... That every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. We're going to read about a proclamation of our president here in just a moment when we get finished with our service. Those things are important. They made a difference in the lives of others. They made a difference in the lives of others. It all started in Daniel chapter 1 when Daniel would influence his friends when he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Today's culture, 
where the world is not friendly to Christians like it once was, we, we too can make an impact. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, Blessed and beloved, think not it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Talked about this this morning. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Psalm 30 and 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's make a commitment today. God, I want to be a real deal. I want to be serious with you. You know, sometimes I, I drink Dr. Pepper, and somewhere along the way we, we bought Dr. Thunder. It, it just wasn't the real thing. Um, the store brand is just not as good as the real thing. Uh, there are many invitation Christians out there, let, but let's be the real deal. Let's be the real deal. Let's be authentic. Let's live for God. And I promise, and the Lord promises, you will never regret it. He'll go through it with us. He may, he may save us. He may deliver us from it, or He'll deliver us through it. Whatever we face, let's be authentic in our Christian life. I'm thankful we live in the United States of America where we have freedoms unlike anywhere in the world. Understand that. I, I think people who have never been outside the United States really don't understand the extent of the liberties we have. Yes, I know our country is seems like it's going to get worse and worse, and it is, but it's still the greatest nation on this earth. No other nation in the world has the liberties that we have here in this country. And I hope you, you recognize that, appreciate that. As we, as, I hope that you will make a commitment to be authentic in your Christian life. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for those you brought together tonight. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to live authentic lives and help us to be the real deal. Help us to stand up in times when others are pressuring us to conform to the world. Help us to, to be true to you. We know you'll be true to us. I just pray to you, Lord, that you would just give us the courage to stand. We're thankful that we don't have to face the, the, the persecutions that the first church, the first century church did. But dear Lord, if that day comes, I pray that we'll be strong and be willing to stand for you, stand for right, and to be real to those that are around us. Help those that are around us to see that we're serious about our faith. We're serious about our, our Lord and we, as we live our Christian lives. Help us, dear Lord, to be authentic Christians, taking our faith and putting it into actions. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.